top stories of the week. Erica Betts loses Senate seat. Australia gains sense of hope. Also, putting the um in minimum wage. And photo ops in Ukraine. All that and nothing else on News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sami Shah and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Grandson of Nazi says what? News now. The universe delivered further proof that sometimes it can be a just and beautiful thing in which moments of true satisfaction can be granted to all the deserving. And if we just persevere, then miracles of such a glorious nature can transpire that we are left wondering if indeed we do live in the light of a higher loving authority. Which is to say, Erica Betts has lost his seat in the upper house and is no longer a senator. The former minister for saying fucked things has been dumped by Tasmanian voters and by his Liberal Party colleagues after losing his seat to Tammy Tyrell of the Jackie Lambie Network, which is the name of a political party and not a TV channel featuring a 24-hour reality TV show about Jackie Lambie's dating woes. Erica Betts has been a member of the Liberal Party since joining it in high school, a natural choice for the young German migrant whose great-uncle Otto was a Nazi SS officer and a war criminal and grandfather Karl was an early member of the Nazi party. Yep, you heard me. Eric set to work quickly living up to the family name by quite famously saying this on radio in 2015 while defending his obviously bigoted stance against same-sex marriage. Those sort of analogies are quite offensive and that sort of... No, it's not. It is not offensive. ...was was completely debunked by Justice Clarence Thomas, the Negro uh, American on the Supreme Court of the United States. Even the radio host sounds shocked, and it takes a lot to shock Australian radio hosts. He then asked three Chinese Australians at a Senate committee hearing on the need for diversity in politics if they were willing to openly condemn the CCP, saying, and I quote, There are other factors a lot more important to be considered than skin colour and ethnic origin. Can I ask each of the three witnesses to very briefly tell me whether they are willing to unconditionally condemn the Chinese Communist Party dictatorship? I don't know, Eric. Sounds like skin colour and ethnic origin were exactly what you factored into that question. When asked why he thought it was okay to do that to Australians of Chinese descent, he said, quote, If you're German like myself, you must be a fascist by birth, irrespective of what your public utterances might be. Which is true, but to be fair, he doesn't work hard to dispel those fascism accusations with his public utterances, especially when he says and does shit like this. Or that time he said this about Brittany Higgins, who was allegedly raped in Parliament House. He then said, as for that Higgins girl, anybody who is so disgustingly drunk, who would sleep with anybody, could have slept with one of our spies and put the security of our nation at risk. Eric's other contributions to Australian politics was voting in favour of banning abortion in 2017 and voting against same-sex marriage the same year. He will now retire from politics and probably begin a career as a commentator on Sky News, complaining about how you just can't say anything anymore. 5.2% steps forward, 7% steps backward news now. It turns out Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was not deterred from his promise to increase the minimum wage despite being called a loose unit by Scott Morrison when he made that promise. Anthony Albanese is a loose unit. Maybe that's the way to get politicians to fulfil their campaign promises. Just call them names like they're Marty McFly being challenged to a drag race. 
What's wrong, McFly? Chicken? Well, no one calls Albanese a loose unit and gets away with it, which is why the Fair Work Commission came through for minimum wage earners. For those on the minimum pay, the wages umpire has awarded a 5.2% increase, a huge jump above the last recorded headline inflation figure, and it takes the lowest paid workers from $20.33 an hour to $21.38, and an increase of $40 a week from July 1. Now, the expert panel that decided this increase made their decision while taking a number of factors into account, including real wages falling by about 2.5% over the past two years, economic growth being strong despite inflation, unemployment continuing to fall, which means productivity will outpace the increase, and our continued failure to rely on Patreon accounts and podcasting to pay our bills. The way I do when you head over to patreon.com slash Shah and pledge as little as $5 a month to my Keep Sammy Out of Having to Start an OnlyFans fund. Still, while the 5.2% increase is great, it might be too little, too late. We've already been warned, Lizzie, cost of living will continue to rise. The Reserve Bank governor says inflation could be 7% by the end of the year. We haven't seen that level since 1990. But, Lizzie, the point with this is, even if with this big increase, real wages are not going to keep pace with inflation, meaning everything is still rising faster than your wages. Oh, yay. So a 5% increase in wages, while inflation goes up 7%, is actually a 2% cut in wages, which... You know, it's better than a 7% cut in wages, which is what it would have been without the raise in minimum wages. Come on, Albo, you loose unit. I bet you're too chicken to increase wages even more. Look, it's worth a shot, all right? It's pretty much all we have right now. Oh, yeah, remember that humanitarian catastrophe we totally forgot about? News now. The war in Ukraine continues rolling on, even though everyone seems to have stopped paying attention because apparently people are angrier at the Sydney Morning Herald for outing Rebel Wilson's gay relationship. Bevan Shields, the editor of the paper, might be more hated than Putin in Australia right now. Europe's biggest nations have finally decided to show some solidarity with the beleaguered Ukrainians after realising that giving them the top award at Eurovision didn't force the Russians to retreat. The leaders of France, Italy and Germany arrived in Kiev to meet Zelensky and perhaps learn what an actual leader looks and acts like. Leaders of Germany, France, Italy and Romania are visiting Ukraine in a show of European solidarity as Ukraine calls for Europe to step up its weapons supply. Here's President Zelensky with President Macron and German Chancellor Scholz. The Italian Prime Minister is also in Kiev. Russia has taken umbrage at the visit, with Dmitry Medvedev, the deputy chair of the Russian Federation Security Council, tweeting, European fans of frogs, live worst and spaghetti love visiting Kiev. Which isn't much of an insult when you consider a dinner of frogs, liverwurst and spaghetti is actually pretty hearty and delicious. I mean, look, I've had frog legs, they're pretty great. Still, Russia need not worry, because while the Germans have at least taken in hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian refugees, the French and Italians aren't exactly offering up much in the way of actual support. This is what France's Macron had to say in Kiev. I saw the pictures of the town completely devastated. But it's also a heroic town, because this is where the Ukrainian people halted the Russian army as it advanced towards Kyiv. So we salute the heroism of the army, but especially of the Ukrainian people. And on top of that, you see the scars and stigmas left behind by the barbarity. 
It's vague bullshit like that which has resulted in this report by BBC's Paris correspondent Hugh Schofield. Here in France, a, a, a lot of papers are pointing out uh, rather wryly that there is apparently now a, a new word in Ukrainian and indeed Russian, makronit, uh, a verb meaning to, to talk to no purpose or to make all sorts of promises without actually doing anything. The French might be shit at fighting, but they're still great at making your name into a verb that really sucks for you. It might be their only worthwhile export right now. Meanwhile, Italy, of course, has been utterly useless, which no one is surprised by. Also, some right-wing political figures here, Silvio Berlusconi and the hard-right leader Matteo Salvini, have had close relations with Vladimir Putin. That, combined with the fact that some Russian figures have been given a relatively easy ride in the Italian media in the last few weeks, have helped create an environment in which most Italians say they're against sending arms to Ukraine. You know, it's starting to become obvious that the real reason European wars became world wars are because the Europeans themselves are really shit at fighting. Well, that's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. As always, if you want to find out more about me or any of the things I'm working on, head over to my website, that's thesamishah.com, or head over to my Patreon, that's patreon.com slash samishah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. A Uh, a few dollars there will help this podcast continue and keep my production costs manageable. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.